the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome back to the Bruce Hooley Show, 98.9 FM, The Answer. I'm Jack Windsor filling in for the Bruce Hooley. It's an honor to be here with you. And it's an honor to have our next uh, caller on the line. He is Ohio Senate President Matt Huffman. Uh, Mr. President, welcome to the Bruce Hooley Show. How are you this afternoon? I'm doing great. How are you doing? I am super fantastic. I'm not going to rub it in too much, but the last time we talked was before that big Ohio State Notre Dame game. So I'm gloating a little bit over here. How are, are you doing okay? <laughs> uh, well, you know, my wife and I are both Notre Dame grads, so yeah. it's, it's been a little blue around the Huffman house lately. But uh, yeah, I, we actually went to the game with my two sons, and I, it's probably the best football game I've ever seen. I mean, it, just, it was obviously exciting, but, uh, you know, no sacks, uh, no turnovers. It was, it was a great game. It was electric. I mean, the, the, the green uniforms, of course, the gold helmets are always gorgeous. And uh, the way that the fans were decked out and it went down to the wire, that had to be an electric experience. I'm glad. I'm sorry that it didn't end well for you in, in your fandom, but it, it was a great football game to watch for sure. Yeah. Yeah, I was. I, I think I, there's always sort of a question, I think, whether Notre Dame is really, are they a top five team with the Ohio State and Georgia and Alabama and, and some of the other schools? And the fact that the game was as close as it was means they can beat anybody in the country. And uh, so it's, you know, looking for a silver lining for the Golden Dome. (laughs) I I would I would actually I'm in agreement with you there. Um, Pivoting. uh, So the Ohio Redistricting Commission passed some maps unanimously earlier this week. What can you tell our listeners about that? Well, you know, I thought it was really a fascinating uh, juxtaposition to what happened two years ago. And and essentially, uh, there was an effort uh, on behalf of the Chief Justice of the Supreme Court and others to uh, throw the system approved by the voters in 2015, to to throw that effort off the rails. And as, as I think many of the listeners recall, we... We, Democrats and Republicans, voted to put a change to the Constitution on the ballot in 2015. It passed overwhelmingly, over 70 percent of Ohio's voters, endorsed by both parties. And when we got to 2021 to do that, essentially the Chief Justice, I think mostly, didn't like it. So they, we passed our map in September of 21, and the Supreme Court waited until 10 days before the filing deadline to say it was unconstitutional. I mean, we actually thought, well, they must not going to be doing anything here because if you were going to do something, do it right away. And we then had all of this chaos over two or three months as they demanded that certain things be in. We we did what they said and kind of figured out, well, that's not going to elect very many Democrats. Uh, <laughs> and we ended up with this real 
uh, just a terrible situation. Yeah. Well, this year, um, we there were a few things different. One is Maureen O'Connor's not Chief Justice of the Supreme Court. But secondly, we also had time to negotiate. Remember, two years ago, we didn't get the census data until just a few weeks, a couple weeks, really, before the deadline to pass a map. So there was really no, how about this, but this instead. And, and the whole concept of this thing is there, there's majority rule and minority rights, yep. which is the basis of our whole Constitution. Um, and so the, the debate took place, and the result of that was a, a seven to zero bipartisan map, where both sides are kind of grumbling about stuff they don't like about it. And that's how you get a bipartisan agreement: is everybody gives a little. And of course, you know the the, the minority party, which didn't elect three statewide officials, um, are, are grumbling more than the majority party. But there are Plenty of folks in the Republican Party are unhappy about it either. Um, so that, that's where we ended up. And, and I'm glad that the system that we put in place in 2015, that that was allowed to work. And uh, it shows that the voters, as always, got it right in 2015. So one of the things I've said probably too brazenly for some people is that if, if you're a Democrat and you don't like it, do better. Win elections. But uh, this thing, pa- the maps passed, so the, the state uh, Senate districts, the state House districts are now in place. Uh, I, I understand there might be some minor changes or, or things that have to be ironed out today. But almost immediately, despite this bipartisan unanimous vote, Democrats started kvetching and screaming, gerrymandering. Now, this is bipartisan unanimous uh, approval. How do you – those seem like polar opposites to me. I approved it. It's unanimous. It's gerrymandered. How, how do you see it? And is do you reconcile in your mind the existence of those two things at the same time? I do, and because most of the people who are saying that, who are sending out the, you know, whether it's through social media or, or press releases and things like that, they're in the, a particular business, and their business is electing more Democrats. And they're largely funded by people in Washington who are mostly interested, frankly, in the U.S. Congress, not in state house races. But the General Assembly uh, draws the maps for Congress, and so that's why this is important. So what they don't, what what they're interested in is not fair maps, not anti-gerrymandering or whatever it is they say they're interested. How is it that we can elect more Democrats? This, these groups, which are, are funded by um, George Soros and the Democratic Party, mm-hmm. and Eric Holder runs and Barack Obama speaks on behalf of, they're only operating in states where they think they can get more Democrats elected to Congress. So, for example, in the great state of Maryland, which is roughly a 60-40 Democrat to Republican state, Larry Hogan was the Republican governor there just recently, um, seven out of the eight congressmen, or 87.5%, are Democrats. Well, Eric Holder's not filing any gerrymandering lawsuits in Maryland. Oh, I wonder why not. Massachusetts, <laughs> well, Ma- Massachusetts, which is also, you know, 60-40, you know, they elect Republicans from time to time. They elected a U.S. senator here within 10 years, Republican. Nine out of nine congressmen are Democrats. Nine out of nine. 
And Eric Holder's not filing any lawsuits in Massachusetts. So this fair districts, Ohio, and, and all that, it, it's, it's all the shell within which they're pulling levers to try to elect more Democrats. So it doesn't surprise me at all that these folks are, are, are saying what they're saying, because that's what they're getting paid to say. On the other hand, the Democratic leaders who are on the commission, they're not getting they're getting paid, of course, to represent the Democratic Party and get the best deal possible. Yep. But they also realize, hey, we can vote for this. We cannot vote for it. And in two years, because of what Maureen O'Connor did in two years, the Republicans get to draw a different map anyway. And that one's going to last for six years. Yep. So we can say, how about this, this and this? And, and again, that's what the whole system is designed to do, a series of incentives and penalties for both sides, for both sides to try to work out an agreement. And it worked. And the people who are trying to change that system next year, they don't like it. That's right. When there's bipartisan compromise, because that doesn't help them elect more Democrats in Ohio. And that's their only job. So I've got literally about a minute here and I'm going to try to. So I want to uh, delay a conversation on one of the changes coming down the pike uh, that's attempting to change the structure of the Ohio Redistricting Commission. Let's hold that over until we have another conversation in the future. But tell our listeners where they can go to find news and information that you announced with John Fortney this week that you can't find anywhere else in the news. Got about 30 seconds here. Sorry to hamstring you with that short timeline. Sure. So our, our excellent communications uh, director, John Fortney, has worked on this project uh, for a while. And essentially, it's in our, our online uh, newspaper or media communication. Um, you can go to the Ohio Senate's website. There are editorials that we've tried to get printed in various newspapers. These are state senators. Those have been uh, rejected. And uh, so we're going to print that. There's going to be a podcast that I'm going to post, and sometimes we'll have other senators on. Okay. And you're going to get to hear a lot more detail about a lot of things. Uh, he is Senate President Matt Huffman. We're grateful for his time. Check out OhioSenate.gov to uh, understand what they're going to be publishing. Thanks for being with us today, sir. I appreciate your time. Happy Friday. Welcome back to The Bruce Hooley Show. I'm Jack Windsor, editor-in-chief of TheOhioPressNetwork.com. That's TheOhioPressNetwork.com. Learn about what's going on stateside with respect to politics, policy, people shaping both from an independent news source, locally owned, committed to the truth, uh, TheOhioPressNetwork.com. So... A couple of times uh, today, we referenced uh, the debate, the GOP presidential debate Wednesday in Simi Valley, California. And uh, one of the things that you may recall, if you had a chance to watch, or maybe you just went online and viewed some of the videos that give you the highlights, the high-level highlights, is uh, former South Carolina governor Nikki Haley went right after Vivek Ramaswamy. Now, Vivek is uh, a native Ohioan. He is uh, he's young. He is uh, extremely passionate about his views. And uh, he went to TikTok and produced a video that was designed, in his words, to appeal to his voters. And uh, I want to – we're going to go into the oof moment of Friday. Um, 
I want to play for you. It's a little bit extended, but uh, what what Nikki Haley said to Vivek Ramaswamy about his TikTok video. Haley is uh, going after Vivek Ramaswamy and criticizing him. You want you want our kids to get on the social media app so that China can have access to all their data. And, uh, of course, uh, there are people who believe there are other nefarious side effects of social media, particularly TikTok. The only problem, Nikki Haley's own daughter, Rena Haley, posts to the platform. That's right. Uh, the very next day, National Pulse published a story. Nikki Haley's daughter dances on TikTok despite her screaming at Vivek around, about it. And uh, after that tirade, here, here's what else she said. I think this is important to play. We can't trust you. We so can't me, trust you. We can't have TikTok We can't trust you. We can't have TikTok in our kids' lives. We need you to ban it. Nikki Haley's daughter dances on TikTok. Oof. Now, what is oof? You ever been to a, to a football game? Maybe the receiver goes over the middle and uh, catches the pass and wham. And the receiver probably goes oof. And the crowd goes, ooh. That's one of those moments for Nikki Haley. Absolutely went apoplectic. You can see the veins pop out of her neck. She's uh, just verbally getting after it with Vivek Ramaswamy. And then the next day, the National Pulse says, hey, Nikki, not so fast. Uh, and it, it shows the video of her daughter um, dancing to a song. I, I can't play the video because the song that she's dancing to has lyrics that we'd, we'd get fined or I'd get fired if I played on the air here at The Answer. Um, but suffice it to say, there's some... Uh, Violent gestures and uh, in some uh, colorful language, if you will, in the video that uh, Nikki Haley's daughter posts. So, uh, man, there's your for Friday. Um, Not sure if you saw this story. House subpoenas bank records for Hunter Biden and James Biden. House Oversight and Accountability Chairman James Comer announced subpoenas yesterday. For the personal and business bank records of Hunter Biden and James Biden, taking the first concrete steps in public to advance the impeachment inquiry into President Biden. Now, who's Hunter Biden? Unless you've lived under a rock, you know that he's the president's son. James Biden, that's President Biden's brother. Republicans say text messages indicate the two took part in business dealings that involved selling access to the Biden family brand. We know that that's what it's been called by Devin Archer, uh, 
Hunter Biden's former business associate who testified before Congress under oath that Joe Biden represented a big part of that brand. And but I, I digress, uh, centered on their famous relative. That's Joe. That's the brand. Joe's the brand. They're selling. They're selling the brand. Now the GOP says it is following the money trail to see where it leads. We're not talking about the amount of money required to buy a box of Girl Scout cookies here, Jeff. We're talking millions, millions, 10, 20. Some people estimate that it might be as high as 50 million. Devin Archer testified previously that Joe Biden, who claimed that he didn't know anything about the business dealings of his son, his drug addicted son, now we know that he was on at least 20 phone calls. He had dinners, hosted a meeting at his vice presidential residence alongside Hunter Biden. But when pressed, says, we were just talking about the weather. <laughs> oh, man. Do you know what my dating life would have been like in my 20s if I could have spent that much time with somebody and only talked about the weather? I'd have been a lot more comfortable. I'd be like, hey, you know, Jeff, it's, it's a little bit, little, bit, little bit cold this morning. It's nice out there today, though. That took about four seconds. So what do you do with the rest of your time? Uh, Joe Biden. Um, as the Bidens were sealing deals around the world, Joe Biden showed up, met with, talked with, shook hands with, had meetings with the foreign nationals sending money to his family. This culture of corruption demands further investigation, Mr. Comer said. The subpoenas came just hours after the Oversight Committee held the first hearing of the impeachment inquiry featuring legal and tax experts. But if you listen to mainstream corporate media outlets, they'll tell you there's no evidence. There's nothing there. There's millions of dollars. There are hundreds of... uh, Warning flags regarding transactions flagged for Hunter Biden and James Biden. Um, And oh, by the way, here's something interesting. Hopefully I can get this uh, out fast enough before we end. Uh, One of the phone numbers listed on records that were obtained through a, a FOIA, Freedom of Information Act request. One of the phone numbers was actually called by Just the News. Uh, We're blessed to have them as a syndication partner at the Ohio Press Network. Just the News investigative reporter, John Solomon. Hey, Jeff, if you were a betting man and you had to bet, where do you think that phone number landed? Who who do you think picked up the phone? Probably Joe Biden. Guess what? Guess who picked up the phone? Joe Biden. Folks, we've got quite a future uh, in store here with respect to this impeachment query. And just re- just remember, Donald Trump was impeached for picking up a phone and saying, hey, I want to know what Joe Biden did. Did he did do this quid pro quo thing? By the way, the v- video surfaced. He did say, we're going to withhold the $1 billion loan guarantee if you don't fire this guy. Well, do we have a two-tier justice system or one? We're going to find out in the days and weeks ahead. And hopefully I'll be here for some of, you, or for some of that with you. Thanks for tuning in today, though. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.